the parable of the Pharisee and the publican is in itself quite simple. There is a Pharisee full of himself who thinks he is better than others and closes himself to God's mercy. And there is a humble tax collector who has certainly lived a much more sinful life than the Pharisee, but who goes home from the temple justified because he realizes his sinfulness, seeks forgiveness, and is open to the mercy of God. However, the story is not so simple because everything could be the other way around. Let's say there is a truly holy person who really tries to live according to the will of God, who humbly seeks the help and mercy of his Redeemer and realizes, like the Apostle Paul in today's epistle, that all that he is is he only by the grace of God. I have met such people, mostly simple housewives whose life is centered on taking care of their family and whose faith is pure and sincere, and hardworking men who may not make the most pious impression, but whose faith is strong, practical, and straightforward. Something like this. I had a feeling that the head gasket of my tractor was leaking, but I prayed hard, and it turned out that it was a much smaller problem that was solved almost by itself. We cannot use the word Pharisee for them in its modern sense, but there were probably such Pharisees in Jesus' time as well who did not consider themselves better than others and sincerely sought the grace of God. Likewise, we can imagine people who are not just sinners, but depraved and downright evil. They know that their way of life is wrong, but they don't even think of repenting. On the contrary, they consider themselves smarter and higher than other people because they are able to obtain such profit from their crimes that honest people cannot even dream of. Now, if these people were to meet in the temple, on the one hand, a simple, pious person who loves God and tries to live according to his commandments, and on the other hand, some such hardened criminal, how would their inner monologue or dialogue with God sound? The first would probably say, God, I thank you that you have cared for me, blessed me, and helped me. You have been patient with me, 
forgiven me my sins and kept me from many bad things that I, have, that I might have done. However, I have wronged again and again against you and my neighbors. I am not worthy to be called your child. Have mercy on me. Yes, I know there are people who do more evil than I do, but that does not justify my wrongdoings. Have mercy on them too, and allow us one day all together to celebrate your love and rejoice in your eternal glory. The second one would look around and say, look, there's another one of those fools who do not know how to live. He thinks there is a point in trying to keep the law even when others don't, and it does not promise any profits. It's good that I am not as stupid and know how to live. But well, just in case, God, let's have a little deposit here in case there should be some truth in this story of the last judgment. By the way, the last sentence in this fictional monologue was inspired by life itself. In the first half of the 1990s, my home country, Estonia, was a country with a very high crime rate, especially in eastern and northern Estonia, where different Russian mafia groups fought each other. One of my colleagues once told me the following story. It was an ordinary Sunday. He was celebrating Mass, and suddenly he saw a couple of strong men wearing black leather coats and heavy gold chains around their necks entering the church. They stood for a few minutes at the entrance of the church where the donation box was. After the Mass, the priest found a sum of money in the box, which was about the same as the annual budget of his parish. And the next day, he read in the newspaper about some kind of mafia encounter, during which quite a few mobsters were killed. A little deposit. Unfortunately, it's not just the real criminals. We all try to buy off God sometimes, no matter how silly this idea is. So, in short, when we come before God, we are all in danger as soon as we open our mouths to start justifying ourselves, bargaining with God, and possibly denigrating others. It doesn't matter if we are publicans or Pharisees. As long as we are righteous in our own eyes and better than others, we have no hope, because God owes us nothing. On the contrary, we owe all that we have and all that we are to God. Allow me a small digression. 
I'm sure there aren't many people here who know who was Eugène René Poubelle. Or is, is there anyone who knows who was Eugène René Poubelle? He was a French lawyer and politician whose best known achievement was that he introduced in 1884 waste containers to Paris and made their use compulsory. Poubelle decreed that owners of buildings must provide their residents with three covered containers for household waste, which was to be sorted into compostable items, paper and cloth, and crockery and shells. Of course, Parisians got angry about this, but this time they didn't start another revolution. They just named the waste containers after him, Poubelle. I'm not a huge fan of sorting the garbage either, but I do it as intended, and I'm quite happy every Thursday when my containers are emptied. One thing I would never do, though, is bring a container full of trash into the house, dump it all over the carpet, and then go through it again. I believe you do agree with me on this. And yet we often do just that with spiritual garbage, that is, with our own and other people's sins and shortcomings. We discuss which sins are more grave and which are lighter, which are worth taking seriously and which can be overlooked. We also compare whose sins are greater and take special joy when we discover some shortcoming in someone in someone whose holiness we have envied. Of course, sin must be taken seriously, and it must be disposed of as decisively as the trash we throw into the bin. But we shouldn't get caught up in it, just as we shouldn't focus on our supposed righteousness. We must focus and God's righteousness, and look to the one through whom God has given us his righteousness, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We heard in today's gospel, we heard in today's gospel that the sinful publican did not even dare to lift up his eyes unto heaven. We must imitate this publican's humility and his deep sense of his sinfulness. But at the same time, we may know that we can lift up our eyes, not with pride in our own righteousness, but with trust in him who died on the cross for us, thereby reconciling us to God. 
By the grace of God, we are what we are. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.